Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. If you knew what you had to go through in terms of starting a business, because, you know, I had so many ups and downs and there is, you know, so many challenges to overcome. So if you knew all that, I don't know if you actually would do it. (laughs) Hello and welcome to Don't Stop Us Now. I'm Claire Hatton. And I'm Greta Thomas. And we're on a mission to help you achieve your goals. We're all about sharing the secrets of the world's most innovative and pioneering successful women. Hear their uplifting stories and practical advice right here. Yes, right here. And if you're enjoying this podcast, then why not sign up for our newsletter at hello at don'tstopusnow.co and Keep listening for this week's latest episode. Hello, everyone. Well, we're certainly living in unusual and uncertain times, aren't we, Gret? Yeah, that is absolutely for for sure. We're very unusual times. Yeah, what with coronavirus spreading and so many businesses hurting, we have an unprecedented episode today. Yeah, we really do. Our guest this week is Christina Carlson, the entrepreneur and founder of global Swedish design and stationery business, Kiki K. Now, what's unprecedented about this episode is that just yesterday, as we were in the process of putting this out to the world, Christina's beloved 20-year-old business fell into administration, and the latest news is saying they're looking for buyers or investors or potentially a restructure to keep the business alive. So let's hope they can do that. Yeah, absolutely. It's just so sad for Christina and Paul and every Kiki K customer around the world. But, you know, really they were hit by a perfect storm, what with going into the UK before Brexit, and then having the riots in Hong Kong, a soft retail season in Christmas. Christmas, and then the bushfires in Australia and now coronavirus on top of the fact that everything's moving digital. You know, it's all, all happening at once. I think a lot of retail businesses are suffering. Now, we recorded our interview with Christina two weeks ago, and while she talked about challenging times, she, not surprisingly, didn't go into details, and they probably would have been commercially sensitive anyway. Yeah, we we had no idea, and, and perhaps she didn't either then, at least know the seriousness of it. But for those of you who aren't familiar with Kiki K., It's famous for its beautiful notebooks and stationery. They have 65 stores in multiple countries and their products are sold in 190 countries around the world. Yeah, they have some true raving fans. But back to our conversation that we're really excited to share with you today. In this episode, Christina talks about the ups and downs of starting your own retail business and how tough you need to be to deal with all the challenges. Little did we know when she said that. Absolutely. You'll also hear about Christina's passion for having dreams and chasing them. She's also written a book called Your Dream Life Starts Here to inspire others to write down their dreams and chase them. And you'll hear about how she credits becoming a mother with giving her more balance. 
and the quirky yet ingenious way Christina learned to perfect her business English early on. So without further ado, enjoy this episode with the inspiring and positive Christina Carlson. Christina Carlson, welcome to Don't Stop Us Now. Thank you so much for having me. I'm very excited. Yeah, it's fantastic to have you here in Sydney with us. It's really exciting to get into your story and the story of Kiki K, the business that you run, and more importantly, you as a person. We usually start by just helping our listeners understand just a little bit about you by asking you the simple question, sometimes not so simple, how would you describe what you do today? Mm, That's a good question. It's a bit of a challenging one, but I now have evolved as a business person and my new crazy big dream is to inspire 101 million people to write down three dreams and then go and chase them. I think dreaming is really powerful and that's how I started my journey, which I'm sure we're going to get it into. So that's kind of, you know, my overall umbrella, but obviously I also help running the business and help creating products that is part of our purpose. I do a lot of talks and I also have my own podcast. So I do quite a lot of different things. You certainly do. <laughs> and and for those listeners who don't know Kiki K, yep. which there might be a few because you're now in, how many countries are you in? Well, retail stores, five countries. So Australia, New Zealand, Singapore, Hong Kong and the UK. But we sell to over 190 countries and territories around the world. So, And then we wholesale to people like you know, Selfridges and Harrods in the UK and Nordstrom in the US, etc. Yeah. So Kiki is a, an amazing stationery brand and we'll talk about that in a little bit. But mm-hmm. before we do, yeah. I'd love to sort of take you back and learn a little bit about you and your origins and your family and life and your childhood. So you know, how would you describe your childhood? Lovely childhood. I was very lucky and fortunate to have lovely parents. And I grew up on a farm. Whereabouts? In Sweden. It was very, you know, safe and, you know, really lovely. I guess that was one thing that I think has really shaped me as a person is that we never got to travel because we lived on a farm and it was work 24-7. As a kid, I always dreamt about seeing the world. And then as I finished school, I then traveled the world and hence now I've been living on the other side of the world. On the other side of the yeah. world. So I follow the sun, so I spend summers in Sweden. So How I, nice. I feel like I have the best of both worlds. Yeah. I'm sure you can relate to that. Absolutely. Absolutely I can. <laughs> it's interesting, you know, growing up in Sweden, there's a large part of the year where you don't really see the sun yes. too much. Yeah. What was it that really inspired you to want to travel? I think growing up on a farm and, you know, I loved horses and I loved nature, but I I wasn't like a true animal lover in terms of wanting to be working on the farm. So I wanted to see what was out there and something that perhaps was a bit more suitable for me. I started working really early, first in a supermarket and then for a guy who ran a restaurant and he was like a true entrepreneur and, you know, was really hardworking and he kind of really taught me that, you know, if you work hard, you can basically do anything. And I saw that quite early. I started to work for him when I was 13 and I worked there for six years, Wow! uh, you know, every weekend. And also I think, you know, we lived a very comfortable life, but I, I really that if you are making money, you can, you know, spend that on travel and, and explore the world. So after I finished school, I did a year in the US and traveled and worked. And, and then I spent some time um, studying 
um, German in Germany and then I ended up uh, in Austria working in a ski resort and then um, that's how I kind of met my partner Paul and then came to Australia. Can you cast your mind back to landing in Australia with your then partner, now husband Paul, and say six months down the track, can you remember your sort of impressions of Australia and I don't know, were you in Melbourne at the yeah, time? So I was. What were your thoughts back then? Like, oh, this is a crazy country. It's so far away from anywhere or? Yes, you, you said those words perfectly. It was a big move for me. I found it really quite challenging and especially, yeah. you know, moving away from family. And that this was kind of a big deal. It wasn't just that I was going to stay for a few months and then go back. I was contemplating staying because I, I was with my partner. And then um, I was winching and complaining a lot, asking every single day, what am I going to do with my life? Uh, so it was not just about the Australia. I think I got like an early midlife crisis because I was kind of... It was a dislocation crisis. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so I, I was questioning a lot. And then I did complain perhaps a little bit too much. And I think Paul was a little bit over this complaining. So uh, one morning at 3am... I think I woke him up for the fifth time saying what I'm going to do with my life. And that's when he was saying, hey, enough, let's write down what is important to you. So I took a piece of paper and this is what I call my 3M list. And I wrote down what was important to me at the time. And I wrote down that I wanted to drive to work every day and loving it. So I was on a working holiday visa, so I couldn't really get a more permanent job. So what I was doing wasn't what I wanted to do. Then I wanted to have my own business, but I didn't know what that was going to be. And then I wanted to have a, a connection with Sweden. My little brother was sick at the time. So a couple of times I had to go home. And then I was thinking, if this ever happens again, I want to have the option to stay versus being employed with someone else. So that was important to somehow connect myself back to Sweden. Then I want to work with Swedish design because that's one of my passions. I really truly believe that doing something you love, life is too short not to. So that was really important to me. And then I wanted to make $500 a week. And that was based on like food, rent, and, you know, like, um, a trip home. So yeah. that was my 3am list. I can really relate to the 3am list. And it's quite a sort of a famous story now, I think, with how you sort of came up with the beginnings of the idea for Kiki K. Curious question. How was your English when you landed in Australia? Pretty bad, actually. As part of writing this down, KK <laughs> wasn't really founded overnight. It never is. Yeah. <laughs> and often it doesn't come across in, in all the stories about me because often there's not enough time. It's often cut out in, in articles, etc. But I, I actually started looking at what I loved, and that was travel. And I will come and answer your question because this is all part of it. Yeah. <laughs> I was so passionate about travel, so I knocked on what I thought thought was the best travel agent at the time in Melbourne, saying, hey, can I work for free so I can just see if this is for me? Because I didn't have the money to do the education to become a travel agent. And I wanted to see first if that was something in, that I wanted to do. So I started saying, hey, I can just do you know coffees. And then they, I started to book some travel and then they paid for my education to be qualified. My English was really bad. And this was a corporate travel agent. So I had to do a lot of you know corporate communication. I used to, at night, go to the, this is when faxes was really big before um, emails, and I used to go into recycle bins and collect different faxes so I could write um, like they did. And wow. I had, And I had a whole folder <laughs> with different, anything from, you know, the PA to the managing director to consultants, just to really understand how they wrote corporate, you know, faxes or letters. And I had a whole folder, and when I went on holiday once, someone took over my position 
conversation. And when, when I came back, she said, what is that folder? <laughs> oh, so that's my English um, education. Template. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> so yeah. amazing. And so we've heard about the 3 a.m. list, but what kind of really galvanized you to make a start with Kiki K? Yeah. yeah. With so when I was working in this travel agency, I started to pick up a lot of self-help books and read a lot. And, and then I was like, you know, I love traveling, but I don't actually love booking other people's travel. Yeah. So then I decided to um, go back to my list. And then because I had that I wanted to start my own business, I went out to buy some products and I just couldn't find anything. And there's so much on the market now. But back then, it was a price-driven category here in Australia. And it was also... This is stationary. Stationary, yeah. Mm -hmm. And it was, um, in my view, badly designed in terms of not what I wanted to put in my home office. And this I was really focusing on the home office because I wanted to have my own business. And I thought I need a beautiful environment. And I just could not find anything that I thought was for me. So then I was like, oh, that is so boring. And I was like a bit done. And then I got super excited and I thought, I'm, I'm going to actually do this myself. So I went home to Paul and I said, I think I know what I'm going to do. I'm going to open beautiful Swedish design stores around the world. And my favorite cities being, you know, London, Paris, New York, etc. Specialized in stationery. And he thought I was crazy. He's like, do you understand? You have to you know, employ people. You're going to have to design products. You're going to have to find manufacturers. You know, he just had a massive list of stuff that I had no idea about. Uh, really good lessons for anyone listening who are thinking about doing anything that is a little bit out of their knowledge base or comfort zone is that it's really good to not know what you don't know. Because if you knew what you had to go through in terms of starting a business, because you know it has so many ups and you guys know that, ups and downs, and there is you know so many challenges to overcome. So if you knew all that, I don't know if you actually would do it. <laughs> but you need to be obviously super passionate because the days yeah. where things are tough and there's plenty of those and there are you know days where I couldn't pay suppliers or pay you know our staff and or our team I think being passionate and you know you know being so loving what you're doing is really important and then for me it was also having a clear vision really yeah. got me me going what was Paul doing at the time so he was working for Ripka so they were actually designing, uh, manufacturing, wholesaling, retailing, and a global business. So he sat in this massive office knowing what I was talking about. <laughs> so, so he did have, that's what I was wondering, you know, what was yeah. what was the company again? Ripcurl. Oh, oh Ripcurl, the surf yeah. brand. Yeah, yeah, oh, very so, cool. Yeah. Yeah. So he was in marketing there. So, yeah. so he continued that and I started a business and tried to work it out. And I was so excited. I went to every supplier and, you know, I did Yellow Pages. Back then it was a book version of Yellow Pages and just did S for stationery and I went to every supplier, every manufacturer of, of stationery and paper companies, but I had no idea about how to put together a notebook. Did they laugh at you? Yeah. Oh, absolutely. And you know, it's funny because a few years later, maybe 10 years later, I think as part of our 10-year anniversary, I invited the people who are most influential as part of starting the business. So I had a speech to each person and one of my suppliers, I said to him, never laugh at your new customers yeah. because one day they might become your biggest customer and, and we did because he laughed. I had a little schedule where every Friday I would drive to this when I was manufacturing in in Melbourne. I would drive there every Friday to check the quality and he was like, oh, here she comes again oh, and took me aside. It's like, it's really annoying that you come here every Friday. <laughs> and, and I was like, well, you know, quality um, was really important to me. Yeah. And, um, and but you could have easily been intimidated because you didn't know the retail industry, yeah. right? And somebody saying to you, this is really really irritating, go away. You could have easily just said, 
oh, well, maybe I'm not meant to do this yeah. and stopped. So what stopped you from taking that I think criticism. I'm pretty stubborn. Like, you know, uh, you know that has, of course, its positives and its negatives. Yeah, of course. You know, I, I have a saying, don't say no, say how. So that's kind of my mantra. It's like, if you can't find it this way, you find another way. And you ask, you know, I always ask who. So, you know, I had a lot of supporting mentors during this time. And I really think that that is what makes or breaks a small business to start with, because it's not easy. And, you know, the percentage of small business surviving the first year is pretty low. Mm. And um, I do think that the ones that survive, obviously you need to have a good product and you need to have an understanding on where you're going. But I do think that not giving up when you actually just, you know, fall for the ninth time, you just get up one more time and yeah. you just continue. What do you think your very hardest moment was, say, in that first two years? Oh, there were so many. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I, I know. This know, is 2001 think, yeah. it was founded, wasn't it? So we appreciate yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. before that, actually, yeah, because wow. 2001 was when we the opened first the store. first store. Okay. But, I mean, there's so many of them. And there was, I think, the knowledge, not you know, not having a business knowledge and understanding the financial side, all that was really challenging. But cash flow was something that was really tough and always is in retail because it's very seasonal and it, we never really had a working capital to start with. We, we got some money injected later on, but I think that was the hardest. I was an expert in negotiating longer payment terms and I used to have a leverage folders uh, and we couldn't pay everyone on time. So I used to, even our staff sometimes, I used to, oh, she has a mortgage, so she needs to be paid this week. Maybe someone else, she lives at home, maybe I can wait for, I mean, this was a very small business, probably not something you can do yeah. now. But I was like, oh, do you mind getting paid on Tuesday instead of, you know, this is before everything was systemized and just me in the business. And I used to go with the same with suppliers, but that was a really good, good skill to have because when we then started to manufacture offshore, everyone told me that you can't get payment terms in China, for example. And I was like, don't say no, say how. It's because I was so used to negotiating and, you know, even to like, you know, the tax office sometimes. I'm like, can we get a payment plan and stuff like that. I never knew that you could do that. And it was just, a, you know, being creative because you had to be. Yeah. So I think there's, you know, in every hardship, and one of my mentors is Robin Sharma, who wrote The Mind Soul is Ferrari. He's most well known for that book. He said to me once, because I did some coaching with him, he said to me, never waste a good crisis. And what he was saying is like, when you go through tough times, it's where you learn a lot and that's where your growth is and that's where you're really out of your comfort zone. So for anyone listening who's going through a tough time, the, you know, tough times never last, but tough people do. And, and we as a business right now is in a very challenging time because retail is changing and transformation is needed. So I'm not so focusing on having stores in my favorite cities anymore, but I we sell across the world online. And, you know, I think we could do a much, much better job on that. It's very challenging, but it's also very exciting. Basically, you're reinventing things yeah. all over yeah. again, Yeah, which yeah, I can hear in your voice is really exciting to yeah, you. Absolutely. And I think in a business, you've got to be excited about reinvention yeah, because if absolutely. you if you stay the same then you're going to die. Absolutely. Yeah. 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 I just wish you know in hindsight I wish we have, would have started a little bit earlier. That is another learning uh, and it's part of our business but definitely um excited about transforming completely. 
in the middle of all this, you had two children. How, yes. did, that, how did that work? <laughs> you know, there, I think that was a blessing because I was working a lot and a lot of people burn out and I think got me focused on something different yeah. you know, and, and got me a little bit more balanced. Yeah. So I'm not saying for anyone listening and motherhood is definitely its own challenges and hard, but it was just really to get me to think about something differently versus just always work, work, work. And I think also for me, as I'm assuming most of your audience of females, it was also really good understanding for me as a business owner to understand our teams that had kids because I didn't have that understanding. I was like, how hard can it be kind of, you know, view will just, you know, work it out kind of. That's how I always do in the business. But of course, kids are very different because they have their own <laughs> lives and um, their own personalities. So I think that was really, um, it was actually a really good thing. And then my my kids has been really part of the business. So it's funny how, how Axel now, who's 11, in grade six, is learning a little bit about business and he just, he understands mud and he, even like as a four-year-old, he would be sitting in interviews and he'd be saying, mom, you forgot to say that. And he's been really, really involved. And he's like now uh, helped me with social media. He's like, mom, you need to post more. So I feel like, you know, I'm raising entrepreneurs and having them part of travel and business and understanding that if you work hard, you can do amazing things, etc. It's really fantastic that they're learning to be entrepreneurs, but how do you actually keep the kids grounded? Just live a very privileged life in terms of being able to travel and do all the things with me. But I always used to take him as a child to see homeless at night just because I didn't want him to not understand that, you know, his life was very special. And so we always used to go for a walk and sometimes like, Mom, do we have to go for that walk? I said, yes, we have to go for that walk. And he's now become really you know, empathetic. So we went to Africa this year and we played cricket. He brought some cricket gear with um, with the local kids in Africa in a school that we are supporting through my book. He asked for water and I said to him, um, you can have some water, but do you realize there's 500 kids who would have walked two hours for school and played as much as you did and they have no water. And that really got him. So he now, he did a WeFundMe or whatever. Yeah, GoFundMe. Uh, GoFundMe, yeah. sorry. And um, he raised money to get water into that school. So that water school now has water. He's very mature in that way. But he's as child as everyone else and, yeah. and, you know, challenged me a lot, which is, you know, when you raise independent kids, um, you also have a lot of discussions on yeah. what's possible and not. I bet they've played back your motto or one of the sayings you've quoted, don't say no, say how. Has that happened to you? All the time. Because <laughs> sometimes I'm like, stop it. And they're like, mom, you tell the world to dreams. So I'm just going to continue it. And it really has rubbed off. I think they are Kiki K products. <laughs> 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 and they're packaged well as yes, well. Yes, they are. <laughs> <laughs> so you launched your first book. Mm-hmm. I know that you started dreaming and this was the start of your dream life, but why do you want to share it with 101 million people. other people? Yeah. I feel like if I can do it, anyone can. I don't have a specific education. I'm not super smart. I don't didn't grow up with money or the knowledge and all those kind of things that you often look at people and think they have something special. So I feel like I want to inspire people to do whatever they, it doesn't mean they have to start a business. could be that you want to, you know, work less or, you know, take a year off or whatever it is. There are so many people out there that kind of perhaps were told as kids that you were really clever so that you went to a really amazing school and then all of a sudden went into a career that you know, perhaps was the teacher's or the parent's idea. And 
regardless if you're there right now, there is an option to change. And I think dreaming is so powerful because if you are in this amazing career and you might be the one who's supporting the family and it's hard to kind of see yourself out. And often when we set goals, we look at where we are today and then we move. But if you actually take all your reality away and just said, you know, if I could create my dream life, if I couldn't fail and if I had all the money, the resources, the knowledge, the energy and the health to do whatever you wanted to do, what would you do? And that often gets us excited about things that perhaps we are not doing or perhaps things that we like to move towards. I think life is short and we really are in the driver's seats of our own life. How briefly would you advise someone to translate a dream which might seem really far removed from their day-to-day reality and the job and the mortgage? Mm -hmm. I actually like to encourage people to write down lots of dreams, you know, asking yourself in different areas and then really choosing three dreams, even if if it is really far removed, but really choosing the ones that are really close to your heart and then start working towards them. And in my book, I have the steps on how to go about it in terms of, you know, brainstorming everything you need to do. And then one of the questions when I have a big dream and have a big idea is like, who, who can help me? Who can you speak to who are doing something similar to you or or even if it's in, in a career, like who has that role that you want and can you somehow either meet them or, you know, listen to a podcast like this where you get a lot of um, inspiration. I had a thing which I think might be interesting for your listeners is that one of my dreams was to not have any direct reports. That was a dream. Many years ago. Many years ago. Yep. This is when you had direct reports and you didn't want to have any. Yep. Yeah. And it's funny because I often interview people and they're like, oh, no, but I really want to have more. I'm like, why would you want to have more? Uh, Because you're just, you know, you're managing people versus, you know, doing stuff. So I can understand that in in a career path perhaps. But for me, I was like, less is more. And I'm not very good at it either. So I rather someone who is really great at that. And I felt like it was taking over my creativity. So I set that as a dream and to me it was an impossible dream at the time. So for anyone listening, I think sometimes the impossible dreams, let's just write them down anyway because that's what dreaming is all about. It doesn't have to have an action plan straight away, but just write whatever comes to mind. And I remember because I was, I mean, EO, the Entrepreneurs' Organization, and my forum, they said, oh, don't be crazy. That's, you know, you, of course you can't run a business and not have any direct reports. And I said, I think I can, uh, you know, <laughs> and it took me a while. And part of having children really helped me with that because all of a sudden I I wanted to use my time by really contribute to what I felt was my strength versus, you know, managing people. So is that when you stepped, you went into the creative director role? Yeah. yeah. I did a really good exercise actually, which might be worth us talking about here. I, I thought Tim Ferriss speak and obviously has a book and I read his book, The 4-Hour Work, work Week. Week. Yeah. And uh, 4-Hour Work is not for me because I love working. Like I love what I do. But working four hours a day, I thought that would be an interesting way of looking at life. And so especially when you have kids and, you know, the pickups and stuff because I also want to be there. So I decided if I can only work four hours a day, what should I be spending my time on? And I'm still, it's evolving things. So I, I did that and decided to give some stuff away and obviously reports, etc. And then I evolved that all the time because obviously we have teams who are much better than me in certain things. And then I evolved as, as a person as well. So it's this constant thing that I think about all the it's time. It's like a constant juggling thing. Yeah. You know, it's interesting because when you dream big and then you set your goals for your dream life and you walk towards your dream life and then you start to actually unlock your dream life, yeah. right? And you're then in it. 
Do you keep dreaming or do you kind of feel satisfied at that moment in time? In terms of what I think um, right now, I'm, I'm really satisfied. You know, I, I live in an amazing life, but it's certainly not perfect. <laughs> I have a lot of challenges in lots of different areas. And I think part of being a human is growth. The best growth is out of your comfort zone. So what is the next step? But I can't talk for everyone, but I love a new year. I always try to do something different because otherwise I feel like it's so easy to get comfortable and have the same, same year same almost. Yeah. 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 That's a really especially good point. when you have kids and stuff to, you know, it's easy to go to the same holidays. It's easy yeah. to move to Sweden over the summer. It's kind of easy to just go into that the same thing. So I always try to do something that is a bit different. And one year I started a book club and my um, book group now is like my amazing inspiration in terms of that I can do anything. Like we're only reading self-help or business books. Now I, I have people emailing me asking, how can I join? <laughs> and it's only people that I love in terms of really want to hang with. And it's a diversity of people. So it's not all the same. And it's once a month and we read a book and you can turn up because we all travel a lot. You turn up or not. But even if one person turn up, it's so inspiring and it's incredible. Yeah, I love that. And I love the way that you are constantly looking for these ways to keep developing yeah. and, and learning. Yeah, and, yeah. You know, it's definitely and you, a passion. And you, and, you know, another one that I did was also to start a podcast. And that, with all the stuff that I've done, you would think that that was like an easy thing uh, to no. do. Uh, no, <laughs> no, no. We can tell you it's not an easy thing <laughs> no. to do. And I was so angry. Anxious and conscious of my English, and you know, I'm very used to this kind of in being interviewed. Being the subject, and then, and then, yeah, and then I can like it's whatever comes true for me. But interviewing other people is really challenging because I'm so scattered, and then I think about something else, and then I was like, where were we? And you are the most gracious interviewer, <laughs> though, because you say thank you to them so much, and oh. it's like it must be a total pleasure to be interviewed yeah. by you. Oh, thank you. Well, I I love it, and you know, it's funny how something that I felt anxious, and I never, I've never had any anxious feeling because I always feel like I work it out somehow. With this one, I felt really anxious and thinking, oh, I don't know if I could do it, and can I, you know, do it every second week and all that kind of stuff and now it's one of my favorite things to do yeah and I think that is so true in so many things whatever you do and you just have to do it and you get better and better like anything we know that but it's sometimes hard you know if you think back now what advice would you give your 30 year old self oh to dream much much bigger than you possible think you can do wow and you don't think you dreamed big I think I did, but there are certain things now that I couldn't have imagined. So uh, my lesson in that is like sometimes when you cannot imagine it, uh, because I remember having this dream about opening stores around the world. But when I did the first interview, and so with the first business plan was really only for 12 stores in Australia, just because in terms of you can dream on paper for, you know, 600 stores globally, but it wasn't realistic at the time. But that was the kind of the ultimate goal. But first business plan was 12 stores in Australia. But I was thinking, you know, we can have 40, we can have 40. That was in my head. And, you know, and then I was interviewed by the age on Sydney Morning Herald here. The journalist asked me, what do you think you can have? So because I was thinking 40 and we had the business plan at 12, which was the more realistic one, and 40 was in my head, I said 40. And the whole way home, I just felt sick <laughs> thinking, how am I going to do 40? And how? And I now told the world, you know, only, only, only the, the Sydney Morning Herald <laughs> newspaper. <laughs> I was just like, oh, how am I going to do this? So my point in this is that that seemed absolutely impossible. But even though my dream was to actually be global, but it was to just say it out loud. So my, my learning in that is that sometimes 
you cannot imagine, like the big dreams that you have. I mean, you look at someone like Steve Jobs or Oprah Winfrey, all those people who now is like famous for what they're doing. They started somewhere. And that's why I love sharing their stories in my book, because I think we all look at those people and think they are so special and they have it all, but they had to work so hard. And, and sometimes it's impossible when you, where you start to, to dream mm. um, and it as big. T- totally comes back to that saying on your vision board, which I love, which is, you know, you, you don't have to be great to be start, but you yeah. have to start to be great. And exactly. it's, yeah, no, I love that advice. What do you think your single best piece of advice that you've been given is? Definitely from Paul, my partner, who made me realize that you can do anything that you love. Yeah, he really encouraged me to, you know, write in my dreams on paper and actually tell me it was fine to do what you love. You don't have to do things just because you're good at it or because your parents or your school or whatever it is, you, you can do anything in life. And I think that it was the best advice that I ever got. What a gift to get. Hmm? Yeah. What a gift to yeah. get. Good Amazing. choice to good choice <laughs> and partner. <laughs> Thank you. Oh, Christina, that's fantastic. Well, our listeners, I'm sure, will be interested to learn more, whether it's about your great podcast or your books or your incredible products, the beautiful notebooks and the light that you can get from Kiki K. How can listeners find out more about you and all of those other amazing things you do? So I think in terms of products for anyone global, obviously our website's are kiki-k.com. But if anyone is interested in following me as a person, I have um, an Instagram, Christina Kiki K. Obviously we have Kiki K as well, but um, the one that I do is one where I'm sharing much more in terms of the, the way I live and yeah, stuff. And, and I often try to share what I'm reading or what I'm doing. So, so so, um, that is probably the best way and, and through podcasts as well because that's where they can learn more similar to here where what uh, other people can help to live their best life. Absolutely. And we'll put all those links on our show notes page on our website as well. So Christina Carlson, thank you so much. It's been a real joy to have this conversation mm. and can't wait to see what, you know, where the business and where you go next and not to mention young Axel and uh, <laughs> Tiffany as well. <laughs> Thanks. Well, thank you so much for having me. I hope I've given some little experience to help people um, dream big and um, make sure that they live their dream life. So thank you for having me. You certainly have. Thanks, Christina. Thank you. You know, I really hope Kiki K gets to survive. Yeah, absolutely. And hearing Christina talk about what was that quote? Tough times never last, but tough people do. Mm, yeah. You know, it really shines through in a whole new light, doesn't it? Yeah, it sure does. I mean, she sounded so strong and positive in our conversation, but it's even, you know, that sort of positivity and strength is coming through even now in her social feeds. She's sort of saying thank you to so many people and she's saying she's remaining optimistic. It's, yeah, quite inspiring to see, really. Yeah, absolutely. So to all involved with Kiki K and to Christina and family, we're sending you masses of positive energy and hope you can keep your 20-year-old dream alive. And on the topic of dreams, we're excited to offer three lucky listeners the chance to win a free copy of Christina's book, Your Dream Life Starts Here. Simply go to our website, that's don'tstopusnow.co, and click on the win button in the top right to enter. It's super easy and super fast, and you'll be very glad you did. Well, that's this episode done and dusted. Stay tuned for our next episode with entrepreneur and Cartier Women's Initiative Award judge, Bobby Marlab. Oh, that was a great conversation. Ciao for now, everyone. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. 
I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. 